today on the Scott Thompson Show on AM 900 CHML. Announced today that uh, we are getting a new uh, environment minister in Ontario. Glenn Murray, the current Ontario environment minister, is leaving his cabinet position effective immediately. Will resign as of September 1st. He's joining the Pembina Institute as an executive director. Uh, and it was thought that he would stay on and run in the next election. Uh, to which Eric says on Facebook, leaving a sinking ship, expecting an explosion. That seems to be the common thought. Let's bring in Cristo Avalis. He is a Queen's University professor and political history professor and with us now. Hello, Cristo. How are you today? Good. How are you? Great. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Uh, well, is it like what the listeners suggest? He's leaving a sinking ship, or has he just got a really good gig that he should jump on here? I mean, I'm, I, I think, as it often is, it's a bit of both. I think, in a sense, that this is a great opportunity for him. Um, there has been, you know, rumblings from him that over the last few weeks, the Toronto Star did a really good coverage of this about how he's kind of felt like he was kind of half in, half out. But I think that, you know, one thing that certainly helps is a perception that, you know, maybe it's best to jump now when I know I have something. And you saw that to a certain degree in, 20, in, you know, in the 2015 election where uh, a few high-profile conservatives, for one reason or another, chose not to run again, really to, you know, with a mixture of, you know, it's time for a new stage in life, but also, you know, the polls don't look that great for us. You know, that could be a mixture of both factors. Uh, what is he going to? What What is the challenge where he is going? You know, I think it's, you know, about trying to kind of push, you know, the, the message, trying to continue that in, in, you know, outside the formal government. It's always a challenge to, to do that, to go work at, you know, think tanks and, and organizations like that, because as a politician, especially one who was in government and especially one who was in cabinet, you know, there's a, you get a real lever on power, whereas in a lot of think tanks, you certainly have a lot of influence, but it's maybe it's more indirect. And I, I would I would assume that, you know, transitioning to that kind of indirect influence might be kind of jarring for a high profile politician. Um, many thought this was a surprise. He was expected to uh, run again. Um, you talked about why now good opportunity and perhaps could see the obvious. How big a blow is this for the Liberal Party? it's certainly not it's certainly not good i mean it's it's a you know a minister that was seen as an ally to kathleen Wynne. he was one of her earlier supporters um he's seen this kind of a progressive uh, on the environmental profile which is going to be important for the liberals win those ndp you know liberal swing voters if you will um and in general it's it's never good to kind of all of a sudden lose a cabinet minister um, it forces reshuffles. It, it looks unstable. And again, again, regardless of the reality about why he left or why he didn't, it does provide, you know, a little bit of ammunition for your, your opponents to say, well, you know, if the, the cabinet ministers don't believe the government, why should Ontarians? So I think in that sense, that does pose a challenge to Kathleen Wynne and the current government. What can uh, what can the former minister and 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 everyone else, the other provinces, and, and even the country learn from Kathleen Wynne's implementation of the Green Energy Act? I mean, you're not going to find too many Canadians that that you know that that uh, disagree with something has to be done about climate change. Um, but you know, she obviously admitted that that her party made a mistake when, when implementing all of this. Uh, yet everyone is in the process of doing it. What can we learn from Kathleen Wynne's mistake? Well, you know, I think in a sense, the, the first thing to learn is that, you know, she did attempt something, uh, and this goes back to the Dalton-McGinty days as well. I mean, I, 
in a sense, a lot of other provinces have started to do the same. I think, from my perspective, part of the challenge is that she kind of, you know, set it up in a way that, that made it really ripe for, you know, a few people to really benefit from it. And, you know, there's a lot of subsidizations of, of energy at a preferential rate. And the way it was done, maybe the, the initiative was to, you know, to help subsidize things like wind energy when it wasn't as profitable, but it really created the effect of, you know, allowing a few, you know, businesses to really get rich off the public purse. You know, there were issues like that. There were issues with, uh, you know, constituencies and whatnot, you know, people that didn't want windmills in their area and dealing with the politics of that. So my, my view is that you almost have to, to kind of choose a, a, a path and really stick to it. So you either, you know, do it through Hydro Ontario, a non-privatized Hydro Ontario, and, and run green energy as a crown corporation, or you take a more neutral path where you create situations that will help private businesses but not really put the taxpayer on the hook for their profits. And it seems like Kathleen Wynne and, and the Liberals before her took a middle path that left very few people happy. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play and listen to The Scott Thompson Show weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML.